This is Priscilla Pfeiffer with Spark Your Inner Fire, the podcast for creatives, artists, and closet artists. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in today. I just got back from a show I was traveling out of town for, and I experienced quite a bit of imposter syndrome this past week that I wanted to share because it's a big deal and nobody's talking about it. I spent quite a bit of time backstage talking to fellow cast members about it. And no, not surprisingly, many of the performers have the same exact feelings that I keep talking about, about imposter syndrome, about not feeling good enough, about feeling like someone's going to figure out that you're not as good as they think that you are. I experienced this because the producer that hired me to do the show was explaining how excited he was for the city to see my performances, to see my abilities. And deep down, I was like, why? Why me? I don't understand. And before going on stage, I remember his words going through my head. Everything that was flooding through my head I was as I was about to walk on stage was they are not going to be as impressed as he's talked me up to be. What if they don't like it? What if I look like I'm trying too hard? What if I don't look like I'm trying enough? All these thoughts going through my head seconds before walking on stage. And I stopped myself and I said, you know what? Self, (laughs) self, this is for you. This is your performance. You are dancing for you. And the emotions started to go away. All of the doubts started to go away. And I no longer was doing that performance for anyone in the crowd. Because ultimately, our performances are coming from within. The feelings that spark that spark within that you feel that emotion that you want to express. I mean, this is why we dance. This is why we perform is to get those emotions out and those feelings. So I said, why then am I so worried about what people are going to think? Because, you know, I'm just going to do my best. I'm not going to worry about how they feel. I'm just going to show them how I feel by showing them what's going on within. And everything changed. It was complete game changer. I kept telling myself as well, what if this is your last performance? Not doom and gloom, not not to be depressing, but more so to be a sense of encouragement. Like what if this is similar to what if this is your last day on earth? What would you do? Well, what if this is your last show? How would you dance it? How would you express that emotion if you knew that was your last show? Because you don't know when your last show is going to be. You don't know when the curtain's going to be closing. Some do. Some decide this is going to be my last show. I also experienced that this weekend. There were a couple of cast members in the show that actually expressed that they feel like this is going to be their last show by choice. I saw the emotion. I saw the feelings of of hurt, like almost like the like one door's closing. And while they're very happy with their lives and the directions they're going, it can't be ignored the fact that dance and performing is a piece of us. It's a, it's, it's part of our identity. Like, and people that don't experience that people that haven't lived that you can't quite express or they don't quite understand 
because they haven't lived it. I think it's so crucial to talk about these things and to start working through these processes of what do you do when the curtain's closing? What do you do when you don't know what's next? And what do you do when this is all that you've ever loved? This is, I'm not talking about people, I'm talking about your passion, your purpose, the, the hobbies that you've explored, all of these things wrapped into one being dance. And now what do you do? Because it's the only thing you've done that you've loved. I sort of look at it like a double-edged sword because while you are in it, while you are able to perform and express this creativity within you, you have these doubts that prohibit you at times. And sometimes it can be actually crippling in a sense to the point where you don't want to do it, but it's this in-depth need and desire to express. That's one side of the sword. And then the other side is when it's over. And it's just as painful because it's over. And then you wish you could go back and experience even the doubts. You want it all. You want the doubts. You want the pain. You want the injuries. You want it all. You want it all back because you didn't absorb it while you did have it. And I want to tell you, if you are a performer right now and you are still performing, absorb every last drop of those performances. Because I remember starting off in my career and I would see other performers starting to retire or needing to retire because of injuries or because of just age. And it's sad because a dancer's lifespan, career span is shorter than most careers. And I thought I had so much time left, but it went by in a blink of an eye. And while I am still performing and while I'm expressing my art through the stage of speaking, I still miss it. I still miss dancing, full on dancing, like choreography, quick changes, a thousand different wigs, a thousand different costumes and accessories, the hours upon hours of rehearsals, the times when the show must go on when you're throwing up backstage because you're really sick and nobody can cover you, or even the times having to reblock the number in the middle of the show because something happened. I love it. I love it. I miss it. So don't take it for granted. Even the doubts, even the struggles, absorb it all because someday it's going to be gone. And this can be an exciting thing. And that's the second part I want to talk about is exploring new creative outlets. Because if you're a dancer or if you're an artist of any sort, you have an in-depth creative something you were born with. Yes, we are all born creative. And I do believe that that children who aren't nurtured with their creativity, and then they start to believe lies that tell them that they're not creative, but they can be, and that can be nurtured and it can be brought back to life. A spark of sorts, a spark of creativity starting over. And that's the magical part of starting over because you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. I just read that quote and it really hit home for me. And it's an exciting new adventure to start dipping my toe into other creative avenues to see what else stirs me. What else have I not explored in the creative realm? Maybe something else will spark my inner fire. I will come to love like dance and it's already happening. 
I love public speaking. I love seeing the transformation of people that I'm helping. This has become my new, my new passion, my new love. And while also being able to be on stage, it's almost like word choreography <laughs> when I'm creating a speech. It's so cool. I'm dancing with my words. I'm choreographing my goals for the day. So I want to encourage you, whether you're in your current creative endeavor or you're beginning the path of a new journey, start dipping your toe into other creative endeavors. Take a cake decorating class. Take a painting class. You know, they've got all these like paint and sip wine parties. I tried that. Wasn't really my thing. Didn't really feel it. Fine. Might be your thing. Wasn't my thing. It's okay. Grab a puzzle. I mean, there's so many things you can do. Start journaling. Start writing. Start trying to write poetry. Take a dance class if you haven't done that. Try to learn a new instrument. Get an adult coloring book. Start designing graphics. There's so many apps that allow you to design. Start getting creative with your cooking. How can you make it pretty? I have a friend who actually does that. He's a photographer and an artist, and he's starting to make his cooking creative. He's making it look beautiful on the plate, and it tastes delicious too, by the way. Dip your toe into new creative ventures and explore. This is exciting. Flip it on its head and look at it as a new opportunity for growth. So if you haven't done so already, go to sparkyourinnerfire.com. I have a gift for you, and I'm definitely going to be talking about imposter syndrome way more, especially when it comes to the creative mind with imposter syndrome, because I know it's an issue, and I know it needs to be talked about more. So keep a lookout for that, and go follow me on Instagram. The link is in the description. And lastly, Keep a lookout next Monday. I'll have my next podcast episode coming out. Bye. Hey, everyone. This is Priscilla. Thanks for tuning in. I just finished pulling weeds in my garden. Yeah, so exciting. Really exciting. But I spent about an hour pulling weeds, which, by the way, is a form of combinatory play for me. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to listen to my uh, episode number 14, I talk about combinatory play. So I was out in my garden pulling these weeds, even though I just had my yard done. Like I just hired people to pull on my weeds and cut all my bushes. But like two days later, all these weeds popped up and I was really annoyed. Anyway, I'm out there pulling these weeds. Mine starts going. I start coming up with ideas, started coming up with new things to do. And it dawned on me of how much the garden is an analogy for life in so many ways. I notice, uh, you know, we're, we're coming upon spring, especially in Las Vegas. Uh, spring is going to be right around the corner, and things are already starting to grow. My rose bush is starting to grow in. Uh, I see new leaves coming in, and I also see weeds trying to surround these this new growth. If you know anything about gardening. If you have too many weeds, they will actually push out the new growth and not allow your plants to grow and thrive. And so I'm thinking, okay, these weeds won't go away. And then if you let them go for too long, they'll just duplicate themselves. The roots will go deeper and they won't stop. So how does this apply to life? I'm thinking, wow, we have a lot of junk that we, you know, from our history, from our past, from our relationships, from our current situations, that are weeds. 
they're weeds that are growing roots in our bodies, in our, in our minds, in our souls. And we're allowing them to fester if we don't pull them. And the longer that they've been there, the deeper the roots are. The deeper the roots are, the longer it's going to take to get those roots and pull them out. But you have to be deliberate about it. Some people think that just being positive about the situation, moving forward, will be better. And that's, that's good. It's good to be positive. It's good to have that outlook. But you've got to deal with the problems. You can't ignore them. You can't brush them under the rug like they didn't happen. They have to be dealt with properly, whether that be through forgiveness. That's a big one. That's a huge one for a lot of people dealing with past hurts is that they never dealt with forgiving, whether it be forgiving someone else or forgiving themselves. So this guilt starts to build up or this hatred starts to build up. This bitterness builds up or this shame builds up. There's different emotions associated with these things that we hold on to, whether we realize it or not. Some people try to ignore it by keeping themselves busy or by trying to be super positive, over the top positive. Or some people actually are very self-destructive and they do other things that distract the current situation from what's happening to take the focus off of what's really the problem. I used to teach the five and six year olds at my church Sunday school. It never failed. There'd always be at least one kid who acted up no matter what. And I always knew that there was something else going on. And in, in some of those circumstances, I was enlightened. I would be enlightened by parents about what's actually going on. Maybe there's a divorce going on or a parent just died or different things going on that this child's dealing with, but they're distracting from what they're really feeling by doing something else. And I'm like, wow, I would watch these kids and how they dealt with their problems. And I realized that we are no different when we get older because we're never taught how to deal with those emotions. We're never taught how to deal with them. So we literally cling on to the very same tactics we did as children. And we don't move on from that. And if you don't pull those weeds out, like I was mentioning earlier, growth can't come. You can't flourish to your potential because you're allowing the, the weeds to outgrow the growth, to push out the growth, the possibility. And furthermore, when you have these deep-rooted nasty roots growing inside you, no matter how hard you try to ignore it, trust me, it's there and it's driving every decision you are making. Trust me, it's driving your triggers, what ticks you off, what irritates you, what gets on your nerves. All of these things are deep-seated roots that you need to freaking pull out. You guys, pull out the root, get the root out. And don't think for a second that doing it once is enough because just like my garden, I got it professionally done. And two days later, I had to go back in and do it myself all over again. I think I had more roots to pull than the professionals did, but I, I digress. It's okay. Based off of our surroundings, that can happen. Based off of what's going on, especially right now with everyone's frantic with, with, uh, with sicknesses. I won't go into that. Everyone's hearing enough of that. There's so much negativity going on that it's snuffing out everything good. We're not seeing the good that's going on. We're only focusing on the bad, which are weeds. You're literally watering your weeds when you do this. You're fertilizing your weeds instead of your garden, instead of your plants that you want to flourish. Which plant do you want to feed? The weed? Or the plant. Which one do you want to flourish? Because the one you feed will thrive. You may have heard that your beliefs and your thoughts, they lead to feelings. And those feelings, they lead to your actions. 
and your actions will drive your results. And those roots are where the beliefs and thoughts are. If you don't get in there and tug those suckers out of your beliefs and thoughts, they will affect your feelings. And you will be affected emotionally, which will also drive what you actually start doing with your actions. If you don't control your thought, they will control you. Your mind is so powerful. It's like your mind is driving the ship and you don't know where it's going because your mind is like, nope, this is where we're going on a subconscious, unconscious level. But if you tell your mind, no, this is where we're going. This is what we're gonna focus on. I'm not going to go that direction. I'm not gonna sink the ship. Then your mind will go accordingly. But it thinks that it needs to drive your ship because it's trying to survive. It thinks it's doing what's best for you. And guess what? Pulling up those roots are not comfortable. And you know, you know what your mind doesn't like? Uncomfort. It's scared of any change whatsoever. It really is, it really hates it. Your mind really just wants to be the same. We as humans don't like change because it's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. But when you get it out, oh my gosh, it feels so good. Friend, I want you to experience what it's like to not have all those weeds in your body. So you might ask, how do I even start? Well, for one, I like to personally write down what I'm feeling. So I will write a letter to the person who, who I'm upset about. I write it down, I get the feelings out. And unfortunately, sometimes that person may no longer be living, which is which can be hard, but you write it down and you can give it to the person if you want. But personally, just writing it down and acknowledging that it happened and forgiving them, giving that forgiveness, even if it's not to their face, it's so healing. I personally also pray about it. I pray that God will help me with this forgiveness because it's not easy. It's not something that you can just do once, just like the weeds. It's a constant effort and it, those feelings might arise. Even if you've written a letter, even if you've told the person how you feel, even if they've forgiven you, even if you've forgiven them, the feelings don't go away sometimes. Sometimes they can, they can pop up at any given notice. You're like, hey, what, where did this come from? I thought I forgave that person. But they do because we're humans and we don't forget what happened. And it hurts. It's hurtful. So I pray, personally, I pray to God that he'll help me with this healing process of forgiveness and help me to forgive others like he's forgiven me. So there's one takeaway for you to go pull some weeds. Small action step. You know the person you need to forgive. You know the person that has hurt you or you have hurt that you need to let go of because it's just festering. So start with the letter and prayer is never a bad thing. Go to www.sparkyourinnerfire. I have an awesome gift for you guys. So I want you to go check it out. Find me on Instagram and Facebook and I'll talk to you later.